Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus, otherwise known as Word Vomit. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle award-winning novel Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and the recently released Pretty Ugly. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Alison Martine, author of the Bourbon books, which includes Dibs since September and Move on Melinda. With us today, we have two incredible guests and authors, the co-authors of The Family Tree, Nicole Mabry and Steph Mullen. Welcome, ladies, to Vox Vomitus. Hi, thanks for having us. Hey, uh, now's the time you're, one of you is going to have to go first and then arm wrestle the other one to figure oh. out who talks about the book first. Okay. Right. So rock, paper, scissors. I was doing <laughs> thumb wrestling, which is hard over a camera. Right. Why, Why don't we do rock, paper, scissors on camera, Steph? Do rock, you're paper, scissors on ready. camera. Okay. Okay. One. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh. Wait, what are we, where are we going? I can't, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Just hold it up so we can see it. Wait, um, yeah. but try, try again because I had, <laughs> had scissors first, but then I moved because I didn't think you. Okay, yeah. Okay, so rock paper scissors then shoot right in front of your right. face. Yeah. Right. Rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Is it like this? Oh, you win. You win. All right. Does that so, mean I go first? Or you go. First? I don't know. That means I don't you think we decided. No, we didn't. You what go are first. First on. What are we going first on? Uh, just an introduce yourself and a little blurb about the book. Perfect. Well, I have it right here, so I'll give it a little show here. Um, so I'm Steph Mullen, half of the Mullen and Mabry crew, and um, I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I met Nicole when I was living in New York about, and we met, what, like nine years ago now? Um, and so I moved down here to North Carolina, where I live with my husband and my rescue pup. And when I'm not reading and writing, you can find me drinking coffee or watching movies or going to the mountains. So that's kind of, that's the scoop. And I guess I'll give the little, you want me to give a little book blurb too? Yeah. While we're at it? All right. Um, so The Family Tree is our first co-author novel that comes out here in the U.S. actually on Tuesday, October 5th. So coming up next week. And we're very excited. Um, so the the premise is that our main character, Liz, does a 23andMe DNA kit. And it turns her life completely upside down. Um, she finds out she's adopted. And then when seeking out her biological family, finds out that she's also related to a serial killer who's been operating for over 40 years in the tri-state yes. area. Yes. We all love a serial killer moment here in books. I know. I'm like, yes. um, so it's um, kind of like a mix of her personal journey to figure out who she is, find that kind of rediscover her self-identity, but also then alternates with the lives of our serial killer's victims over his 40 year span. So you kind of get a glimpse into what he's doing over the years and these these women who get abducted by him and kind of what their relationships are as things evolve. Um, and so then we all kind of converge in real time in the end to figure out who the monster is lurking in her family tree. Good blurb. Very good blurb. That's why I told her to go first. She's really good. She always makes me do the book summary. <laughs> I was going to say, Nicole, did you throw that? Like, let's see what Steph had. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh darn. I lost. I yeah. know. Like, oh. whatever it was. Oh, you Oops. won. Okay. I guess it means you go first. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nicole, tell us about yourself. Uh, so I'm Nicole Mabry, and I am the other half of our writing duo. Um, I wrote a solo book that came out uh, 
maybe two months before the pandemic hit. Um, and that's exactly when we started writing The Family Tree. So it's been an adventure. Um, I have a rescue dog and two rescue cats. And when I'm not writing, uh, you can probably find me glued to the TV screen watching horror movies, which is an obsession of mine. <laughs> It's almost October. It's expected now. So now you're like, we can talk about serial killers and horror all we want. It's yeah. like the one month of the year that people aren't like, oh, <laughs> no, what's wrong with you? It's on, yeah, it's on brand now. It's on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Now it's like, it's just my brand thing. Yeah. Um, I will say years ago, I did Ancestry.com. My husband and I did it. It was like our Christmas gift to each other. And mm-hmm. I kept saying, I hope I find, I hope I'm like related to a murderer. And he was like, that is such a terrible thing to hope for. And I'm like, no, but like a distant one. I it, it up a little bit. Because we had yeah. just finished listening to the Bear Brook podcast. Yeah. And in that they didn't find a murderer, but they did figure out who the victims were through ancestry.com and 23andMe and things like that. So I was just like, oh my God, I hope something really exciting happens. Yeah. And he was just like, Oh, your idea of exciting is different than (laughs) it should be. He probably wasn't going to expect a whole lot of exciting on his because your husband is Russian and knew he was Russian and was going to get something back that said, hey, guess what? You're Russian. He was so excited because there was 3% Finland. Oh, But I'm like, oh, it's like like two seconds away from St. Petersburg. It's like right there. (laughs) There's a shock. (laughs) So um, you two met. And you, but you, it took a while to start collaborating as writers. Did you, was yeah. it something you talked about wanting to do and it just like took a pandemic to get it to happen? <laughs> to make it happen. Everybody else well, is making sourdough and you guys are like, novel. Hmm, novel, yeah. that's what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was funny because when I started writing, Steph had always loved to write too. And so she was like, you know what? I'm going to do it too. So she started writing a book. And we would meet up, this is when she still lived in New York City, and we would meet up at a coffee shop and we would just sit across from each other and work on our solo projects. And then we decided to beta read for each other um, on the things that we were working on. And immediately we both kind of went, wait, you're good at the stuff that I'm not good at and vice versa. So if we can come up with like this writing team, if we put our our strengths together, it can be really awesome. So um, one of my strengths is plots. So oh, (laughs) coming out. Jen and I are both like, go on. I know. She is a plot machine. (laughs) Um, But like I said, I'm more geared into the horror genre. So and Steph's more of like the true crime area. So I lobbed ideas at her for probably a good two years. But you know, I-, I will be the first to admit that a lot of my ideas are kind of out there. And I'm like, no, this could actually happen, though. Don't so, care. Sounds good. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, out there is good. Yeah, absolutely. So when the Golden State Killer was caught using the forensic technology, we both were like glued to the TV. We were talking about it constantly. And then one night that it just struck and I I emailed or I texted her, I think. And I was like, you know, something about 23 and me, a thriller, just go. And we both like independently for like, and this was probably like around 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And for some reason, both of us, our minds just started going crazy over what that could be. And then Steph called me about an hour later and I picked it up and I was like, Oh, I was just about to call you. And she's like, wait, I've got the plot. And then she said it. And it, lo and behold, it was pretty much the same plot I had come up with. So oh, it, that's how you know you're on the right yeah. track. Yeah. It's meant to be. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, so you're the plot. You're the plotter. Mm-hmm. And 
Steph, are you just the one who comes up with all the grisly details? And that's probably a mix of ours. Yeah, like Nicole, <laughs> Nicole comes up with grisly things in like the like she said, a little more outlandish horror sense. And then I'm like, well, if we tweak it this way, then it makes it a little more realistic to like this could actually happen to you. So it's kind of a blend there. But um, my strength lies a little bit more in like the planning and outlining because I'm like a diehard oh, outliner. Oh, what oh, I need. And she then not. what you're hearing is that these are both things neither one of us does. I know. Because um, <laughs> so, yeah. Allison and I are always like, we should co-write something. And then we're like, oh, but we, well, we do all the same things. Same weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're both yeah. a pantser. So I was waiting to hear. Okay. So yes, I'm a, I'm a plotter. She's a pantser. Um, <laughs> and then I really get a love with like, setting development and character development and kind of word choice. So like, I really like to focus on like the details and kind of coming up with like the backstories of everyone. And like Nicole's really good with plot and research and kind of like helping with that, like big picture ideation. So we kind of like, she takes the big picture and I take the little picture and we kind of blend them together. That's great. So did you ever during your writing process, um, kind of look at something that the other one of you wrote and just went like, uh, no. Did you, were there cat fights? We're called we, word vomit for a reason. I, I, the only, the only thing that we disagreed on, and it was probably the longest that we went without coming to a conclusion was how this guy could take two women at once. And yeah. every, like, yeah. I was coming up with some crazy outlandish things. I was I, like, oh, I want to hear one of Tell them. Tell me the best. Yeah. Oh, most, like, batshit one. My favorite one was blow darts. <laughs> <laughs> They're not sharks. I was like, and it could happen. I mean, it could. And I, I don't want to say too much, but I was. <laughs> Years ago, I went to Brazil on a research expedition, and the way that we tranked peccaries was through blow darts. And oh so gosh. there are certain people who would have access to that and would trank something that there way. There you go, Nicole. But you I will out. say, yes, I would have let her get away with it. But I will say, the way that the girls were taken was something where you're like, well, how would they get to it? What? It makes right. sense. It I don't, don't want to spoil anything, but it, yeah. it, it yeah. does make sense, which makes it so much worse. Because right. you're like, oh, shit, this could, that could be me. It could yeah. Be, yeah. That's what we really wanted. We wanted it to be one of those things where, you know, as women, you can see this happening to yourself because it does happen. Um, I remember when I was working, I was living in LA like a thousand years ago and um, I worked at a coffee shop and these firemen came in one day and we always gave them free coffee. And so we knew them and he told us, he just came up and he said, do not answer your door. Even if it's a fireman, even if it's a policeman, you call and verify first. And I said, well, you know, what's going on? Why is this happening? And he said, apparently a woman and uh, her daughter were kidnapped because they opened the door for a fireman and it, it wasn't a fireman. So these types of things happen all the time. And so we wanted it to be realistic. Of course, my realistic is very different from Steph's realistic. <laughs> but we brought it back down to, and that's what I need. That's what's great about our partnership is that, you know, I'm off in the ether and stuff's like reining me back in and yeah. I'm like, this is what would actually happen, Nicole. And I'm like, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. And we always Fine. say that like our, the path to our good ideas is paved with bad ideas. So I feel like we've never yeah. actually like had cat fights over bad ideas or sentences or passages or whatever. Cause we always like instead just have a conversation where we just bounce ideas back and forth until we come up with something that we're both happy with because we just aren't like, we're just not afraid to be wrong when we talk to each other. And I think that's super important. And I think as writers in general, it's just really important that we allow ourselves to fail, like, mm -hmm. especially during the writing process. Like there are more times than not, 
I mean, Allison and I have a, you know, we're like book wives and we, we talk to each other throughout the day in an open Mm -hmm. chat constantly about our projects, about Mm -hmm. Like, is this a sentence? Is this a word? <laughs> is this real? Yeah. Is this Can real? I just make a verb again. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> like, where does the hyphen go? And, just, and, and that's like, where I help you. Yep. Yeah. And in one day, yeah. we will both bounce between I'm writing something brilliant to mm-hmm. like 20 minutes later, like, this, this is it's not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah. Like, what is this? Is this a sentence? Is this a plot? <laughs> and um, since Allison and I are not um, strong on the plot, it's not. So she's always like, I think that works. And I'm like, I'm going to go with that does work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a, the great thing is you really need that. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about being in a co-authorship is that we're reading the same thing. So yeah. When I'm having that day where I'm like, "Ugh, this is awful. It doesn't make any sense. It's blah, blah, blah. Then Steph is like, no, it's great. We're doing great. And then mm-hmm. vice versa. So I think that that's been an unexpected plus to this yeah, is just, great. you know, having that other person to be on the opposite end of the emotional spectrum. But also already reading it. Cause I know like when Jen and I will be talking to each other, she'll be pitching me things and I will be like, it sounds okay. But until I read it, I don't really know for sure whether it's coming across the way you're telling me because there's right. still a little bit of it's outlandish. Yeah. Yeah, we get lost in translation, <laughs> but I, I do laugh because one of the things that we realized I'm good at is summarizing the plots of her books. And she's like, my books have no plot. And I just nailed all of them. And she's like, can you just awesome. do this for me? I'm like, I can't do it for me. I like screenshotted it. Like, this is <laughs> like, what I'm going to use time. when I'm like on a podcast. And people right. like, What's your book about? I'm going to be like, my well, book says. Is. <laughs> Instead of just like meandering into this like weird right. story of, and then people are like, and the Rated. plot is. Like, <laughs> okay, so I wanted to ask, okay, I will hold my question. Georgina, Georgina, Georgina Cross says, hello ladies, excited for the family tree to come out next week. Really t- congrats to you both from Georgina Cross. Thank we're you. so excited. We're sharing a pub day with Georgina. So yeah, we're also happy pub day next to week. Georgina. Hooray. Georgina's going to be on our show in a few weeks maybe a month i don't know georgina probably knows and i don't <laughs> just type it in we'll announce it. Yeah. <laughs> i know it's not next week well, and i was gonna ask so when we're talking about just the timeline you guys were friends years ago and then pandemic hits and then i remember reading in the acknowledgments something about this kind of got started as far as something going towards publication through pitmad Mm-hmm. So yeah. can you give us the timeline and how all that worked out? And if you want to just let people know what PitMad is for people who are like, what the hell? What's the yeah, problem? absolutely. And I mean, was fighting dogs, was it? Guys. Because it's, it's dorky it's Allison and I met through PitMad. Oh, I love PitMad. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. So we got together and started drafting the family tree in November of 2019, right before things went crazy. Um, and we really like, we both were so excited about, we put our solo projects on hold. We were like, this is what we need to do. We need to tell this story, right? Like as fast as possible. This is so on trend with all these cold cases getting solved using DNA matches. Like this story has to be told. Um, so we really put our foot to the pedal, to the metal and just went for it. Um, we drafted it in what, like we had a final draft pretty much in like two months. Um, and then we, had beta readers and did some edits with beta readers for like a month. So in three months we were fairly polished because we're also editing each other as we go. So our first draft is really kind of like a second draft. Um, right. Yeah. Cause we already had a few sets of eyes on it the whole time rather than exactly. okay, now I'm done with it. 
give it to somebody else and hope maybe yeah. they actually read it. Maybe exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, we were ready to start querying agents um, in early 2020. We sent it out. We were getting a lot of really excited feedback. People were requesting full manuscripts. People thought this was such a great like concept. And then came March and everything shut down with the pandemic. And agents started coming back to us saying, look, we don't know if editors want dark material right now. Like we just have to wait and kind of see what's going on. Um, so we were really disheartened. We felt like we were kind of like hitting our heads against a wall. We were trying to like strategically pivot and find agents that really liked dark material or just were like still looking for things on their wish list. Like just really trying to find any way to get our foot in the door. Um, and it just wasn't happening for us. Um, so we were, you know, we were devastated. We were debating like hanging it up and putting it on a shelf until things normalized again. Um, and then we're at the still last, waiting for normal. We're, we're still waiting. waiting for that. So thank God we didn't wait. Right? <laughs> thank God we didn't wait. Um, but yeah, because at that point we had no idea what was you know going to be the outlook for things. So then we saw that it was going to be pit mad. So I was like Nicole, like pit mad's coming up. Let's just like it can't hurt, right? Like let's just throw our hat in the ring and just see what happens. Um, and so for anyone who doesn't know a couple times a year, pit mad is a Twitter pitch. Yeah. Is it four times? Four times wow, a year. Four. Um, Twitter pitch contest uh, where you can like three times a day, tweet out a pitch. Well, for your book in a, in a tweet. And yep. um, if agents or editors or publishers like it and are interested in it, they will like that as a, like basically send me your material to look at. So um, we were just threw our hat in the ring. we we tweeted out, um, and so the was this for June twenty twenty one. I believe so. Twenty twenty June twenty twenty comma that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yes. uh, I believe hyphen so, yeah. that one. <laughs> um, it was yeah, it was like summer of twenty twenty, yeah. um, and so we were just we got ended up getting a couple of likes, one of which was from the editor at Avon HarperCollins UK that ended up signing us, um, and she read it in a weekend. She devoured it. She was amazing. She reached out to us right away started working with us talking about contracts and like what we kind of envisioned for our future as authors. And then lo and behold, came back with a two book deal for us. That's crazy. So, okay, so, so in some ways you guys, like you skipped a step because usually for people the who don't know, Pitmads are usually agents mm -hmm. who do that and then they take you on submission. Yeah. So I know Jen told me, she's like, okay, so there was no mention of an agent in there. Yeah. It was like straight to the editor. How did mm -hmm. that happen? Was there, did you guys ever hear why they were even on Pitman? Cause it's usually not someplace you'd find yeah. an I editor for a big place like that. But yeah. now she's at the UK. That's what I'm wondering mm -hmm. if maybe it was mm -hmm. just like, they're trying to get a scoop on. That's what's going on in New York. They're tired of being the later submission. Well, we knew that Avon HarperCollins in the United States was a romance publisher. So like yeah, usually. when they liked our, our tweet i was like wait you know what the book's about? Like, not a romance why would they even be interested and then we looked up the actual editor who had liked it and we realized she was in the uk and that in in the uk avon is actually more of a general fiction slash thriller suspense uh imprint so we oh. were like oh great amazing yeah and she just she was also like really into true crime she was a murderino like us listening to true yes. crime podcasts and like <laughs> this was like our kindred spirit it was just so like meant to be so we just had such great conversations with her and she brought us on board so yeah we kind of skipped the agent step up front and then we also kind of went straight to international publication with getting the UK and like the US distribution all kind of at the same time. I know because so if am I correct that because every sometimes I look at your book and I'm like mm -hmm. it says like publication June blah 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 mm -hmm. and then I'm like no they're being published next week. Yeah. And so it took me a while to figure out oh 
their yeah, public the UK was first. The UK first. <laughs> yeah, the UK was first. Um, in June, it came out in all editions in the in the UK, like ebook, audiobook, paperback. Um, and when they did that, they released the ebook and audiobook in the US at the same time. Um, but the US paperback comes out October fifth. So there's a paper shortage because why would they delay it like that? Did they ever tell you no, what the strategy is there? We, we actually fought to have that timeline moved up. It's just their model, I think, mm-hmm. from distributing to other countries. That's like mm-hmm. months later. I don't know if it's the UK wants to have it first or you know really what the the thinking behind that is, but. We went to our editor and we were like, you know, obviously we're in the United States. We, you know, in, <laughs> but this is a United weird States. promo process. If exactly. we're, it's a very weird Buy our book in England. Very please. hard. <laughs> or just the ebook. So you can't have signings here yeah. and you can't so we're, travel. And we're also having to do like dual, we're doing like dual launches. So we're kind of doing like twice the work, like two times a year. But I think part of their reasoning when they were talking to us about it was like their US distributor like uses a lot of the sales in hype and numbers information to get better store placements in the u.s and we did get some store placements for the u.s so obviously the model is working um so yeah so listen to the people at avon trust the people in charge sometimes you know (laughs) that's interesting to hear that because it's the kind of stuff they don't really tell us so you're going why would they delay it over here so everybody's excited for a book they can't get yet but then you also mentioned the audiobook is that out already too Mm -hmm. yep ebook and audiobook is out yeah and so and I, think, yeah. I think what was really important for us on that was that the editor that we had starting off was also Murderino, like she said. So we had tons of trust in her right off the bat, but we just trusted her. She was so transparent about the process and everything was going so well with her that when she said the rationale behind it, we were like, you guys are the experts, yeah, you know, just, yeah, whatever. whatever you say. And but, I have to say, I love that you just said, cause she's a murderino. We trust her automatically yeah, because I feel like yeah, so true. as a murderino, Allison's not a murderino. She's like, please don't make me do more true crime. <laughs> like, you God. always need more. You always need more. You always need more. Um, I use it as like a self-soothing for my anxiety right and uh, <laughs> which I know is weird but and I feel like every time I meet a fellow murderino true crime junkie person I'm just like well I would trust them because right. they're, they're equally so- as scared of everything as yeah. I am. we're all anxious messes all the time like we need each other <laughs> wherever I go no matter if it's on a vacation or someone else's house or whatever, I know where my exits are. <laughs> I know if something's going down, I know how to get out alive. Do you also know wherever you go, if there has been like a death in the area or like a crime? Ooh, I don't know that. That's taking it a oh. step further across. Oh, oh well. Now, now like, we have something oh, else to do. That's yeah. awkward for me then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, did somebody die here? <laughs> well, and maybe I, maybe I need to get into true crime. I see, I'm not, but yes. the whole like, oh, but I'm it self soothes my anxiety. I'm like, well, nothing's working so far. So Why don't you try it? Why not? You, well, you can and, try it. I would and, start and, with um, my favorite murder because it's yeah, light. Yeah, that is, is it's soothing. Yeah, it is murders. Well, I so I wanted to ask about those inner. Well, I guess I shouldn't call them the interstitial scenes, but as you were explaining the plot and mm-hmm. stuff, you did a great job, kind of summarizing how. We've got our main storyline, but then these scenes of what happens to these pairs of girls. Okay, who is coming up with what's happening there? Like, were you, was that a collaborative effort, or which one of you is a bigger sicko? This <laughs> what I need to know. Nicole's the bigger sicko, but okay. Nicole had those chapters. Like, so we we both do heavily edit and write and work on every we, chapter. 
but Nicole had them way darker than they ended up. Um, so I, I kind of had to, to reel her back in because we didn't want this to be like glorifying him or the gore, any gore. Like we didn't want it to be unnecessarily violent. We just and it really to, wasn't honestly. It wanted so so to be about their victims' experience as like yes. women. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I that was a little shocked at how not gory those yeah. scenes were because I was really expecting it to go. Oh, very off rails. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's going to be bonkers and disgusting. (laughs) And it wasn't. And And then I was glad because I thought, oh, this opens this book up to more people Mm -hmm. who don't want it to be disgusting. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have issues. And there are some books we've had before where I'm like, um, so for those who don't know, Jen now has a show that's dedicated to horror and true crime and i'm like um you're gonna take the rest of those because i'm not uh you're not making me read any more like this and i listed a couple of them but this one was not to that level <laughs> it, it, to that. it was it was way more about the story and the character yeah. of her journey and yes those interstitials gave us those but it, it was even there about their journey and not mm-hmm. like brutality and yeah. cruelty yeah. for brutality and cruelty's yeah. sake and so that was exactly what we wanted to because yeah Thank it, you. It, it meant it wasn't just, hey, this is just mm-hmm. gross because we can get more gross. We could, yeah. yeah, we definitely could. But yeah, that wasn't our goal. And Nicole tried to sneak some in, but I, I I reeled her back as much as I could. <laughs> Nicole, I feel like I would have been like, go for it, put it in there. You know, Which like, is the, the wrong choice. Um, um, yeah, enabler, no. Enabler. Yeah, you definitely um, would have enabled her. <laughs> I did love that you two are obviously your friends first, co writer second. And um, the fact that the women in your book were abducted in pairs and most of them were friends and then your main character and her cousin and best friend are so integral to the plot. I just, I really felt like I was getting like glimpses into who, like you two and your relationship. And I just, you know, as a, as an author, I love to be like, which parts of this are them? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's yeah. funny because I remember there was one point when we were writing it and or when we were reading through and like editing it and I had it for a um, final read through or something like that. And I remember texting Seth and I was like, you know what? I really love Andy and Liz and if they actually existed. I would want to be friends with them. Right. And so she said, oh my gosh, me too. And so I think we based a lot of that on, you know, not just our friendship, but we had other friends in the the place the place of business where we worked and so we have all these great relationships and so we wanted to base it on that we wanted it to be like all these familiar uh, female connections going on throughout the book yeah. especially yeah and like you know like everybody who reads the book knows that liz is imperfect she goes a little wild sometimes but you know i think it was important like everybody you know everybody has that fr- knows someone like andy who's just like a little like awkward in, in situations because she's so big and like full of life and then a lot of people know people like liz like they're your friend and they love you love them but like they make choices that make you like cringe sometimes because they just are so focused on things so we wanted them to be real people with like life to them and you know like i come from an italian background and nicole comes from a mexican background so mm-hmm. we wanted like culture was really my question was going to be who's the andy and who's the liz yeah i think and they're like both 
I, we're both kind of a blend, I think, but like Liz, I'm probably a little bit more like, because I have to know everything too. Like I need to know well, all you're the plotter. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, you're the one I with the outline. I need, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the person who needs to know every little thing. So I definitely related to her in that sense. Um, I'm but, more like and, and, Nicole's I, I, and Nicole's the like huge, gross, weird ideas. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that Andy. I feel like yeah. it would be Andy. Cause she'd be like, oh. <laughs> like walking into a dinner party and mm-hmm. like telling yeah. people a crazy story. And they're like, exactly. what that did we invite what her? Is happening? Did, did we invite her? her? Yeah. Someone with the crazy ideas and yeah. she had to reel me back in. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But I also just liked that the friendship was healthy. And I feel mm-hmm. like we don't see a lot of healthy female friendships in fiction. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. so often it's the front of me and the idea of like, oh, and then one of them gets murdered by the other one or, mm-hmm. or there's yeah. jealousy. And like mm-hmm. one of the main characters, boyfriends is there through a lot. And, and he's a positive source. Like, When's the last time we saw that? When it wasn't right. a romance. That was novel, so you know? refreshing like, that yes. nobody tried He's to nice. cheat on anyone. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, that was not the point. Yeah, not the oh. point of the story at all. We like, you know, it was one of those things of where like you can be real and be in healthy relationships where people aren't perfect. You know, like you don't have to be perfect to have like a healthy friendship and healthy relationship and be like seeking out connections with people. So we wanted to show that and show, you know, using the victims too, like how different women's relationships are with each other in different situations and over the, you know, over the generations too, because as technology and methods change and they're, you know, what they're exposed to change, it kind of changes who the women are as well. So. Well, and I like those little glimpses about like, Oh, what are you listening to? It's like, Oh, Wilson Phillips. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I will admit. I, I love the pop culture. Yes. I, I was doing the whole, like, since I didn't necessarily know the exact ages, I mean, all of the women were taken in Paris in like early in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. So I was doing like, okay, which, which pair would have been me? Like which pair of my closest? <laughs> Where would I have been? Oh, no, like, no, that could be me. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm older by this point. I'm probably <laughs> the target age. So I'm going, Exactly. But I mean, that's the same with me and Steph. I mean, she's about, I think, what, 18 years younger than me or something like that. So there's actually a very big age difference, which yeah. I think actually kind of helps with things like that. Yeah. So she's like more of different reference points. Yeah. yeah. So that's really great. You know. Well, I, I didn't realize there was that kind of age difference. Now I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, bugging my, my younger, cooler friend and be like, yeah. Laura. <laughs> You have to co-write with me and make me relevant. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like adding old. to my to-do list. Find right. a young, cool Find young friends. Because Jen and I are close in age, so we, we have the same reference yeah. point. So we, both of us would have been like... You would, I, I mean, you just never know because Nicole doesn't age. So that helps. It does. It, it yeah. really helps. I'm, I just turned 49. So <gasps> whatever nice. you're doing with your skin, I, it's working for her. I know. I know. <laughs> People who are just listening to the audio, Nicole's skin is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so true. just you message that to us privately. <laughs> Give them the skin carotene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care what it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's actually a really good point though, because I feel like the trends in female relationships and friendships has changed over the years when I was growing up yeah you had your friends but it almost felt like you were in competition with everybody everyone like all the women were competing for whatever it was and it was really hard to find those really deep connections with women and feel comfortable in them but these days it's not like that like you know with Steph and I we been so shocked we totally thought we were going to be arguing and you know fighting about everything and there's been so few fights and we're we 
literally just want what's best for the book. And we've let that drive all of our decisions. And if there is a disagreement, then we just go, okay, let's go back to research. Let's whatever, like we support each other. And that's great for me because I'm not used to that, you know, growing up. So it's great to have these very supportive friendships, you know, in, I love that. you know? Yeah. We're all about women supporting women here. <laughs> hey, Allison, that's you and me, girl, <laughs> <Yeah>. book wives. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, I'm assuming you two are working on obviously your second book of this yeah. two book series. And I don't like, I have a question to ask, but I don't know if it would be too spoilery. So I just, is there anything you can tell us yeah. about the second yeah. book? Make it open. Um, yeah, and we should actually be doing like title and cover reveal very soon, so stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is not a sequel, so okay. I'll start with that because I'm assuming that's, that's your question. That um, is my question. Everybody <laughs> asks us if it's related. While we're not opposed to a sequel one day, if the opportunity that's presents, not so. what this book is. That's mm-hmm. not what this book is. Um, this book was pitched to them very vague elevator pitch. We didn't even know what the story was, who the killer was, what the you crime know. was, literally Are nothing. we supposed to know that when we pitch things? Because well, you don't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, we did not. Um, <laughs> and so this is an extremely different story for us. We're very excited about it. Um, we really wanted to challenge ourselves as writers and not just fit into one little box. So this is very different in the sense that it's almost more psychological suspense. It's a lot more character and setting driven. Um, it's a different main POV. It's different setting. It's just, it's a whole different type of story. That's a lot more finessed, um, and a very different writing style for us. So we're very excited about it. It takes place in a small mountain town. Um, and you know, Oh, thank you. We got a little congrats. Popping up. Um, <laughs> And it, yeah, so it's, it's a really cool story. It's, um, a girl returns to her hometown after she's been gone for over a decade, like 15 years. And, um, before she had left her best childhood, best friend had gone missing and was never found. Um, so now her friend's body services, just as she's coming back to town and we got some really cool things woven in that I can't, don't know if I can give away quite yet. Um, Don't give it. Like, but, you've given enough away. You've you checked it's really, off the box. Yeah, it's really fun. Everybody in the small town has their secrets. You don't really, you know, the murder is close to home is kind of what's going to go on. So stay tuned. Okay, so Elisa Von Schulman asks, what do you think you've learned and or incorporated into your own writing process from your collaboration? Oh, Nicole's raising her Nicole's hand. Nicole's raising her hand very, pro- go ahead. very politely. Yeah. So I am a diehard pantser like you two. Um, my whole first book, I had no outline. I had no idea where it was going. I was just like, I'm going to put myself in a what-if situation and see where my characters go. And I loved that. But then... <laughs> yes, but. To bring me over kicking and screaming to the outliner side because you can't you can't write a book together and not have an outline and not like what they're writing and what you're writing and how they go together. So she did the she helped me with outlines, which was great because I had no idea. <laughs> I love that you were like clutching your I know your it was throat. very hard for her. It was kicking and screaming. Very hard. Yeah. She taught me how to outline. Yeah. It was it was it was traumatic, but now I'm like, oh my gosh. So I remember in the middle of like, I think it was the, my, one of my solo projects, I sent my outline to Steph and I was like, does this make any sense at all? Am I doing this right? Am I outlining? And she was like, yeah, it looks good. I think you're doing a good job. And I was like, okay, great. So I think moving yeah. forward, I'm probably going to be working with an outline. Steph, I'm- you should teach courses. In I know. Thing, because I, I love an outline. Say, I'm like, I feel like it would be easier on me. 
It is. If I yeah. knew what I was doing. It's yeah. just nice because we have such like strategic goals. So we know like exactly, we can write out of order if we have to, but Cena's speaking to us. We know how everything ties together. So we have a cohesive start to finish draft when we're done. Even if we have to change things, add things, change the ending, like it, it's so much easier to get like a, a draft put together. So it seems easier, okay. but just when you said writing things out of order made like me go like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. No. And I never like when oh I was God. a writer, I could not do it. Like I, I was working on, I had a solo book finished and I was like three fourths of the way done editing it too. When Nicole and I started oh writing together and it just got put on a shelf for us to kind of focus on this. Right? I was like, Steph, I, I hate to say this to you right now, but I feel like someone's going to write this book. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah, want yeah. to get there yeah. first. We get there first. have to yeah. put our solo projects on the side. Right. That was hard because she had literally just finished and was starting to edit. And I was like, that's like the worst time to tell someone to put something Stop on. The on okay. But yeah. then so the draft was done. First draft. Okay. See, that's, that's not as bad. Cause for me, I like to finish a draft and then have like some free headspace before I move on to something else. Yeah. Even and uh, when yeah. a draft isn't done mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't it know how this is ending, ending or yeah. that's where I already know how it's ending. That's where Nicole was. So we were in different places. Um, but no, I couldn't, I always had to write chronologically before, but with, I feel like with this, and especially the family, she was a very complex timelines and plot points and things to like figure out it was nice whenever i was like i'm really intimidated by this chapter so i'm not ready to write it yet oh but i'm really excited about what's going to happen in this one so it was nice to kind of have like exciting chapters to distract myself with and like put off the ones that i was more challenged by so you were just gonna say this one seems too difficult nicole you do it (laughs) (laughs) well she claimed all the ones we were excited about first and then we like had the all the intimidating ones left and then we just split them in half because we were like all right well we each gotta have to do a couple tough ones neither of us want to write these ones so we're just gonna have to throw ourselves on these grenades they don't write themselves they don't write themselves i don't know why (laughs) well ladies it has been amazing talking to you everybody who is watching this live check out the family tree it is on sale in the united states in paperback on october 5th 5th yes tuesday the 5th yep yes i'm like i know the days of the week i know those yeah (laughs) so you've been amazing um if you can't wait for the family tree uh, it's available on ebook and audio, obviously, but that paperback looks gorgeous, and I'm sure I will pick it up because I read the ebook. And now um, you have bookshelves. Now I have bookshelves. <laughs> yes. Um, so thank you, everybody, for watching. Stay yes. tuned next week for our episode when we have Monica Byrne, the author of The Actual Star. She was supposed to hear, be here a few weeks ago, but then got postponed. So please uh, stay tuned next week for that. I want to thank Roman Sirotin and Pam Stack and everybody at the Global Authors on the Air Radio Network. This has been a copywritten podcast, and we will see you all next week.